Happy New Year, everybody. Hope you had a Merry Christmas, good holiday season. We are back for another episode, another year of the Weekly Impact Podcast. I am joined, as always, by Pastor Daniel Yelverton um, and Michael Miller. And uh, we're actually, just to let you guys know, um, we are, because we finished Revelation in the last episode that we did at the end of the year on Christmas, um, thank you for being patient with us while we took a break and actually spent some time with our families and all that good stuff, and we're back this week. Um, but we are going to be starting over the New Testament again. So um, that was something that we weren't sure. I think we talked about a little bit maybe near as we were getting near the end of the year uh, what, what we were going to do. We weren't sure if we were going to go into the New Testament, Old Testament again, because we've been through it twice. Um, we decided that we're going to go through the New Testament yet again, um, hitting different chapters for this podcast each time so that um, you can kind of go through and piece things together. My goal is eventually that we would get every single chapter of the Bible. Um, I don't know how long it would take us on this podcast to do that, (laughs) but I would love to have a conversation about every chapter to help people kind of understand and and, um, get a point of view on it. So anyway, what we'd have to do is you'd have to do all the work and then resequence them and put them all in like their, their chapter order. Yeah. That's true. So that would be that'd be great. That would to, be awesome. It'd be a great project for you, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> you have so much time on your hands. <laughs> you know, I was actually thinking. I was getting ready today to come in here, and I was like, "If we ever do that, I was like, there's like the last episode where we were talking about, oh, it's Christmas. You know, if we yeah. re- resequence them and they're listening to it on the Fourth of July, that might be a little weird. I'd have to maybe edit something out, but we'll figure that out when it's we get Christmas there. in July, man. <laughs> Christmas right. in July. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we are on Matthew chapter three today. Oh, uh, Brent, if it's okay, uh, the reason why we went back th- through the New Testament again is uh, we've really enjoyed kind of this whole process of learning more and more about Jesus. And and I think that everything hinges. Jesus is the hinge of not only our faith, but just everything. I mean, he everything was created by him and for him. It says that in Colossians 1. And so one of the things that we wanted to really focus on in coming through this in our chapter a day is to discover Jesus throughout the New Testament. And so that's going to be kind of like a thread kind of throughout this is we're just kind of figuring out, like, you know, who is Jesus? You know, what is he standing for? What is his... Um, what is he? What is he trying to communicate here? What is he living? What's what example is he living by, and how can we mimic that? And so that's uh, that was our goal. That's our goal for uh, here at ECC uh, for us to discover more about Jesus and become more and more like him. Uh, and then so that's why that we're kind of going back through the New Testament. Just so if you guys are wondering, and as Pastor Phil said, third time is the charm. So here we go. <laughs> and since this is the new year, we're kicking off the beginning of the New Testament again. <clears throat> We might have some new listeners coming in. Just a quick, we haven't done this in a long time, but we are actually um, based out of a a church called Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. Um, Daniel, as I said, is our community life pastor. I am the worship leader here. Michael Miller is someone who has a very extensive history. I I don't know what I am. In seminary, (laughs) he has multiple degrees. He is very, uh, he and I went to high school together, um, and he is obviously from this same town, from Blanchester, that we both are, our hometown, and um, he is very involved in our um, in our church and really helpful with our eKids ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, tell them about the real cool thing that happened this week in eKids, just real quick to start. Well, the the coolest thing. This is probably one of like the top ten best days of my life. <laughs> um, we had eleven kids, ju- and I just taught second and third grade, so we had eleven kids in the second and third grade that gave their lives to Jesus this wow. Sunday. Now there were probably about fifteen. Um, Tiffany Wist did a great job with our with our large group presentation, and uh, man, she talked about Jesus and she and she kind of prayed the prayer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, and a lot of kids uh, it, it, it connected. It was a, a month worth of work. 
But man, because, you know, we, we've been introducing this thing all month about compassion and about the plan of salvation and what a Sunday. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. So You're fun. telling me that, that <laughs> man, what, what a privilege to be a part of that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what we do here, the reason that we're doing this podcast is that as a church, we uh, have a movement that we're doing every, like we started about a year and a half ago, kind of when the, we started this podcast around the same time. We call it a chapter a day, where we have a reading schedule that we put out for everybody to follow, and we all follow along um, and read the same chapter every day so that everybody's kind of on the same page, no pun intended, so that everybody can have conversations that make sense. So everybody isn't disjointed, everybody's reading different things, and then you don't have common ground to really talk about when you get together and really try to grow. Um, So anyway, what we do here is the chapter a day movement, and this podcast is a companion piece to that. So we follow along with our chapter a day. So you'll see every Tuesday when we put this podcast out, we are following along with our reading plan, and we're doing that chapter that we are following on on Tuesday. Um, and we just try to talk about the chapter, try to um, explore it, go deeper with it, bring our own points of view to it, and try to help you or anybody else who's trying to understand more about the Bible, about the Word of God, about growing more in that. Uh, that's what the point of this podcast is to help people along. Yeah, and, and you can always go back. It, yeah. to also, I mean, we're only doing one chapter you know, per week, basically, for the podcast. But yeah. since we are building more and more, you can always go back and see a, a couple other chapters of the same book. Um, you know, if you want to learn more from the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, this is the third time through, so we're going to have at least three days out of the week. Yeah. Three chapters already out of, out of each, each book that we're in. So, um, anyway, today we are on Matthew three as we began, um, the new Testament again this last Sunday. And, um, what do one of you guys want to give us some context on what we're going to be getting into today? (laughs) This man, this stuff I'm, I'm really excited about because I recently finished a class that just really. Um, taught me some interesting stuff because we see the Christmas story, chapters one and two in Matthew, right? And then like, so like toddler Jesus is done, right? And then next thing you know, we have like 30-year-old Jesus in Matthew three. There's a lot of time there. Yeah. And a lot of us ask, well, why don't we know about Jesus's you know, life as, as a child? And I've wondered that for years myself. Like, what was his childhood like? Well, I realize that there's a reason why we don't have that. And it's because it was probably a very normal Jewish childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the people that were reading this would have known how a normal Jewish childhood would have worked and, and how he would have risen to, like, call it the rank of rabbi. Well, we, we kind of missed that. We don't study that. And I finally got a chance to study it, and it blew my mind away, right? Yeah. So, so real quick, here's kind of some of the things that happened. Uh, a Jewish child would, would, would have some, some formal education, Right, they would have to basically memorize the Torah. Could you imagine that? Mm, so yeah. Jesus, m- most likely as a child, memorized the Torah. Big deal, right? And so, like the cream of the crop of those kids, they would go to like a secondary or like a high school, right? Um, and so, so not everybody got to go. It would have been just the kids that did a really good job with their Torah school. We can call it right. And so, Jesus most likely would have went through that. And we see in other passages where he's 12 and he's, and he's you know, work. so like we know that he's doing some more formal education that way. Um, and then what happens is the cream of that crop, they follow a rabbi. They become disciples. Now, this is where the, and for me, the, interest, the story gets really interesting. Jesus most likely would have followed a rabbi. He probably would have been a disciple himself. Mm-hmm. And so the disciples are historically the cream of the crop, like the best of the best. And then they 
you know, move through that program, program and they can become rabbis themselves. And we know that people call Jesus rabbi or teacher. Mm -hmm. So he would have went through this formal kind of education program. He would have obviously been a cream of the crop kind of guy because I don't know he's God, right? Right. <laughs> so... So here's, I mean, here's the thing that, that we'll get to, you know, in, in, in chapters later that I'm not going to dig into much right now, but I think it's very interesting, is that Jesus flips the script. We see that he doesn't do that with his disciples. So his child, all this stuff that he went through in his childhood, all this formal training to, to basically all this really uh, egotistical kind of program they had, Jesus is like, no. Uh, I'm going to pick some fishermen to follow me and a tax collector and stuff. So anyway, I just think that's really interesting. We do know a little bit about child, his childhood. He would have had some formal education. We know that, that Joseph, his stepdad, if you want to call him that, was a, was a uh, carpenter is probably the wrong word. We like to say carpenter. He was more of a general general, <laughs> general contractor. contractor. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, builder. Yeah. Yes. So, but yeah, so th those are some things about Jesus' childhood that's between chapters two and three that should kind of gear us up to where we are in chapter three. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so it is Matthew 3. We'll go ahead and get into that. Uh, we used something here that we adopted a few months back, um, an app that we use to do the reading for us each week. It's called the Dwell app. You can get it on um, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you can get apps. Um, it is a subscription. It's like $2.99 a month to have unlimited access to it. But it's an awesome app that they've put a lot of work into, um, and it's really been improving. And, and, uh, and we, we reached out to them, and they told us that we could use it each week for our reading. So um, this is the Dwell app with Matthew. Matthew 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John, wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was a locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down. And thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, 
Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. All right, that's Matthew 3 from the Dwell app. We'll just get right into it. You guys have any observations on that? Anything you want to talk about? <laughs> One quick thing. I was just thinking as, as it came up. At the end when he says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Imagine if God's voice doesn't turn out to be like we think it's going to be. Like we, we imagine like, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Imagine if he's like, you know, um, this, is my, this is my beloved son. <laughs> you know, what if his voice doesn't turn out to be the way we're expecting? You know? I don't even know what to say. I don't, I don't, I don't even that. know how to segue to anything like redeeming from that. Um, yeah. You know what, Daniel? You're going to love it anyway. I think that's so. What it is. I think so. Um, so I think what's good to uh, an observation that I have here is one is that if, uh, John the Baptist is actually a cousin of Jesus. He's an older cousin of Jesus. His uh, Mary had a, uh, I guess, a cousin named uh, Elizabeth, right? And Elizabeth. Um, and Zachariah, they had they couldn't have children, and then uh, they ended up getting having kind of a similar Abraham Sarah kind of experience where they had a, a child late in their age, and it was John the Baptist. and And uh, and it's interesting is that John is not the originator of the Baptist Church. Uh, he <laughs> is just called the Baptist because he was a baptizer and he baptized people, and that wasn't a common thing because I mean you got to think about the context a little bit. We we understand baptism and we understand it's a common thing now. And so, uh, this was not common at all. And he was baptizing for the forgiveness of sin, which is kind of very contrary to what was kind of taking place even in the temple. Like the temple was, you were sacrificing animals for the forgiveness, forgiveness of sin. And then John was baptizing people and people were repenting. And, uh, uh, and so I think that, and it's also an observation that I had that is that he is, uh, preaching the same message that Jesus preaches in the very next chapter that in uh, chapter 2, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And uh, we were having just a discussion that uh, me and Michael were, uh, sorry, I, sh- I, should, <laughs> I was pointing at Michael, but uh, you didn't know that. <laughs> and so uh, that uh, about just the kingdom of heaven and how that can be like taken out of context. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Michael, what did we... What did, what did, well, sure. The, the, the Greek word is basilia, right? <clears throat> and so it, it basically means, you know, it's, it's kingdom, but it's, we tend to say that it's the kingdom of heaven. It is heaven, or the kingdom of God is heaven, and and that's not exactly accurate. It's I mean, true. there are two things: there are heaven, and there's the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven, basically, we I think we used a good example of of uh, what's the name of the movie again, Daniel? <laughs> but the uh, tag on it. Meet the parents. Meet the parents. Yes. Where, where there's like there's the circle of trust, you know, and you're and I'm making a circle. You guys can see. You guys can <laughs> yeah. all see this table, right? There's a circle Search of your trust. Emotions. I'll, <laughs> I'll narrate here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're either you know in the circle like or outside of the circle. Right? Michael tapped inside the circle and then outside of the circle. <laughs> but, but no, you're either inside the circle or you're outside the circle. And like when you're part of the kingdom of God, that means you're inside the circle. So when we interpret scripture, we have to be careful because a lot of times. We're seeing this kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, and like, well, Jesus says if you don't do this, then you're not in the kingdom. Yeah, 
that doesn't mean that you're not going to heaven because you did this thing. Like you, 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 you've given your life to Jesus and you lied. Oh no, I can't be part of the kingdom of God. No, that means you're not part of the kingdom right now. Mm-hmm. That this is not kingdom work. This is not kingdom edifying. You're not submitting to God's rule, which is really what this word means. So yeah, <laughs> we messed that up. Yeah. Uh, talking about words too, like, you know, one of the roles that I feel like I play on this podcast is to kind of help break down some of the church talk and stuff like that to help the people that don't live the same life that we do understand um where in revelation we kind of broke down what revelation actually means because if you hear the book of revelation it sounds dark and you hear all this stuff about it (laughs) so you guys actually uh on a little break that we were on a little while ago you were breaking down the word repent that's a very churchy word a lot of people were like oh you know they've heard jesus you you repent you know like just their whole lives so accent was spot on (laughs) it is yeah Yeah. so uh if you guys could I, i thought that was really cool to hear you guys talking about break down that what repent actually means and and where it came from yeah well i think that um repent has there's almost like a ptsd when it comes to like repent because we we think about like uh, a really angry person telling us that we are really wrong and that we need to like change our ways or we're going to die and go to hell right i mean that's like Like the street preacher yeah exactly (laughs) you know and and a lot of times repent feels like it's it's lacking grace and so when you hear this you almost feel like you're kind of like you get this image of john you know you you almost like just the fact that he says repent i don't i start to think of john in a different way you know john the baptist and but what repent actually means it's really more of a military term it just means to turn mm-hmm. it means to turn around and so uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna stop myself from singing the <laughs> turn <scene>. around <laughs> yes okay <laughs> i really wanted to do it okay and so anyway so so repent is is basically more of like you realize something you come in agreement with something and you change your actions because of it. Mm-hmm. So in a military term, you're agreeing with what your commander is saying, and so you're repenting, you're turning, and you're going like an about face. Uh, this context is you're agreeing with what's happening in the kingdom of God. The revelation is happening with the kingdom of God, and you're changing your life because of it. And and I really think that understanding that context is so important because what, what John is saying here is he's saying that the kingdom of God, the authority of God, what God is doing is within reach. It's almost like you can pass through the membrane of this world and go into the kingdom of heaven and experience what God is doing. And, and he's saying, stop, repent, like take notice, see what's going on here and let it start to change the way you think the change the way you act, that this is an opportunity, this isn't a condemnation, that God is God is becoming so close, God is within reach, so stop and do something about it. And Jesus is saying the exact same thing in the very next chapter. And then also when they send out the disciples, I think in Matthew 10, he tells them to say the exact same message, repent, the kingdom of God is near. And so this is kind of the, this isn't the repent or I'm going to boomerang the Bible off your forehead. You know, this is <laughs> repent that God is doing something, that God is doing something amazing. And and I think we have these moments. We have these moments where God almost shows up in a big way and they're life-changing moments. You know, they can be really positive moments or they can be really negative moments. And we can either learn from them or we can just kind of shrug them off to the side or we can get angry at God and resistance because of those moments. Like we can all... We can respond in different ways when God shows up. You know, you can get a new job, and then God shows up in a huge way, and you can then live your life differently because of that. Or you can just live your life the same way and not respond. Or you can have something happen, like a death of a family member or a a really, you know, a loss of something. 
And that can be a similar kind of moment where God can show up and you can respond in different ways. And I think this is the call that John, Jesus, and the disciples give later on is God is moving and God is doing something. Are you seeing it? And what are you doing about it? I think yeah. that's really kind of what John is the message here. And, and like I said, it can be taken a lot out of context just because we have a lot of negative feelings and negative emotions that are associated with the word repent when it's mm-hmm. not actually that. Yeah. So if we're so this is good. We've talked about you know the, the word kingdom and the word repent. Well, there's another word in here, Brent, that uh, <laughs> that people kind of talk about and don't really understand what it is, what it means. And that word, of course, is baptism. Mm-hmm. So it's true. I mean, what do you what do you all think about the word baptism? What what does it mean? What is it? You know, what what do you all think about baptism? Well, baptism comes from it, it's at the core of its word. It means to immerse. It means to bury. So it's kind of like when when it says that John baptized in the Jordan River, he was literally dunking people under, uh, and then they were coming out. And it's it is kind of a, the symbolism is is a death of an old and the beginning of a new. Mm-hmm. It's a washing over. Uh, it's a cleansing kind of thing. It would a lot of it would be associated with like ritual cleansing that they would do in yes. bathhouses, yes. Uh, and so this is the same kind of thing. It, it is a is almost like a death of an old and the beginning of a new. And so and since it's really associated with this repentance, a response to what God is doing, it is a I am changing my ways. I'm 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 leaving behind this old actions or the things that I was doing, and I'm going to do something new and afresh because of this. And and what's interesting is that. There's a difference between this because he even says, I'm baptizing with water and Jesus is going to come and baptize with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so that's also taking yeah. into context something very different because we we do use baptism differently than John would use baptism here because he was saying this is for the repentance and the forgiveness of sin. We know that the repent that forgiveness of sin comes through Jesus and Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And so our version of baptism is just a public declaration of essentially the same thing, essentially the yeah, the yeah. death of an old and the beginning of a new, the the laying down of our life and the raising of, of uh, the new life that we have with Christ, just like Jesus died and rose again. And, and I think another thing on top of this is, <clears throat> and the, kind of what you just said at the very end before I interrupted you, <laughs> is, is that some of these things obviously are metaphoric. And one thing that I see in both life and in the Bible over and over and over again is resurrection, right? So... And we and if you one of the most controversial chapters in the Bible, First uh, Peter chapter three, um, we see like like how these these people um, we, he kind of talks about the story of Noah, right, and how they they perished under under the the flood. So being under the water represents death, mm-hmm. right? And so in, in the same chapter, he goes on to explain a little more about baptism, about how. We're, like you like you hear pastors say that they say um I baptize you in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit buried in the likeness of his death raised in the likeness of his resurrection I can't believe I actually remembered that <laughs> um, but that that's the point is we're buried in the likeness of his death mm-hmm. so that that going underwater represents the death of not just you but it represents the death of Jesus it's 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 a it's several things at once. You are no longer that flesh that went under. Now, and it's, re- it's talking about your salvation, not the act of baptism. But, but when you give your life to Jesus, like a lot of these kids did this past Sunday, mm-hmm. you are no longer that fleshly you know, bundle of meat that you were before. You are something new. 
bundle of meat. You Sorry, like that? I, yeah. I just like it was like fleshly Very, bundle of meat. Was it's just, really it just weird. came to it just <laughs> came to mind. But but the point is, I feel look, like I look at my life very differently now when I look. At, I thought about well, my I look in the mirror and I'm like a fleshly. Well, what bundle I'm trying of to meat. say is that you are something much better. You you are this Holy Spirit is alive in you, and you are not just flesh. Yeah. You you are reborn anew, a new creature, something that's valuable. Daniel, come on, give me a break, no, man. That was but, really good. I, that it stuck with me. So that's good. That was really good stuff. But the, so when, the, the, when the I throw hamburger on the alive. grill, am I baptizing it by fire? You know what? I don't that know what to do with that. That's the best comment we've had all day. That was awesome. I think we totally wrecked this conversation about baptism. Man, grilling out now is so holy, you know? I mean, gosh. Baptism by fire. No, but you guys see what I'm saying. You, the, the water represents death, and then you come out of it, it represents life. It represents Jesus' death, and it represents Jesus' resurrection. It also represents us going under as as something old and coming up as something new. So that baptism is more than just a cool thing that we do on Sunday and that we sing cool songs and, and we get people wet. It represents much, much more. Yeah, and, you know? and, and in the context, in case anybody missed it, the reason that John uses it differently is because Jesus hadn't died and been resurrected and become right. the sacrifice exactly. for our sins. There was still some kind of a sacrifice that was going on in the temple. This was a different kind of baptism for people in water, and then Jesus became that. And that's why baptism now for us, it's important, but it's more symbolic than it is for your salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Boom. I, think, I think another thing that... Uh, <laughs> Another thing that stuck out to high, me... In, high, air high five, Brent. <laughs> Just so you guys know, they added an air high five. So I'll be the stenograph- yeah. stenographer. And we were close enough, we could have actually just yeah. You really could have, but I know. But see, the th- the, I thought the fact that people don't know that we're that close, you know, so I could say air high five yeah. to narrate it. That's you know? our, that's we do have a very large studio, so... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, we're not like sardines in here. Uh, so um, the uh, the other thing that really stuck out to me was really the voice of God. And what he's saying, uh, because uh, I was I was talking to Michael about this, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I really I, I was thinking about this, and I don't I don't think God's voice has been showed up except twice in the Gospels, yeah. and it's here when Jesus gets baptized, and then at Mount uh, of the Transfiguration when it's Peter, James, and John, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesus gets like it turns into his kind of like glorified form and you have Elijah and Moses kind of hanging out there and Peter is like totally doesn't know what to do and he wants to build tents and yeah. he's like I'm so confused <laughs> and so uh, but anyways the same thing happens like God says the same thing God says like this is my beloved son this is the son whom whom I love right. and whom I'm well pleased and and I think that <clears throat> at our core this is something that we all desire to hear we all want to be identified as part of the family of God, as a son or daughter of the king. We want to know that we are loved by God, that we are pro- going to be provided for, that he is going to care for us, and that the direction that we're going is pleasing to God. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the question that I get asked so often is, what's God's will for my wife? My, for not, my wife? Not your wife. But I mean, yeah, maybe for your wife. True. But for you. I'm your not so much worried about me, but Tiffany, man, you got to get stuff together. I know. But so what's God's will for my life? You know, what, what do I, I want to do something that's pleasing to him. Like, I want to do something that's pleasing, but I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do that. And I think this is jumping ahead to the next chapter. What's really interesting <clears throat> is that Satan attacks those three areas in the temptation. He, he, attack, he attacks Jesus' identity. 
He attacks Jesus, God's love for him and his ability to provide for him. And he also attacks what the direction that he's going in his life and if God is going to be pleased and if he's going to have a good ambition with his life. And, and, that, and <clears throat> even at our core, we struggle in those same areas. We struggle if we're loved by God, if God will provide for us, and if we are doing a, if we're, how we're the direction of our life and even just our identity. I mean, am, am I a son or am I a daughter of the king or am I out? Am I like, am I out of the family? Am I out of the circle, right? right. Am I out of the circle nice. of, of trust? And so, uh, and so I think that it's very, it's not, it's not coincidental that, that Satan used immediately the blessing that God had basically poured out on Jesus and spoke so much over him to try to create lies and deception around all of that. And so, I don't know, I, I think I think that's really a powerful thing to just kind of take note, even in our own lives, as God speaks so much truth into our lives, is that Satan is going to come to try to uh, bring deception into those lives, or to bring doubt into the character of God and his love for us. The last thing I'll throw in there is um, something I think is interesting about obedience. <clears throat> we, we see that, um, you know, John is asking Jesus, like, dude, like, why am I baptizing you? Yeah. Right. And Jesus basically says he doesn't give us this long theological you know, deal. He says, let it be so uh, now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. He's doing it to fulfill righteousness. He's doing it to do the right thing. He's doing it to do whatever God wants him to do, yeah. to follow what the Father says. And I wonder if Jesus even fully comprehended why. I mean, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, he was obedient. If you look on, obviously, later in his life, when um, you know he's in the garden, he's praying about this whole crucifixion and taking the cup of sin thing. He's got the same kind of thing going on. Like he's talking to the Father, like, "Dude, are you uh, are you serious? Like, we got to do this." But he does it, regardless of what he feels about it. Jesus is obedient to the Father, mm-hmm. and I think that's another good takeaway here: is that regardless of whether we understand things or not. Let's be obedient to the Father. Yeah, you know, absolutely. When God leads you to do something, and you feel strongly that it's God leading you to do it, even if it feels crazy, and even if you don't understand it, go for it. Yeah, even if it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, that it's all really connected in this chapter. I, I like the way that you just really kind of did the whole bow thing. I'm just, I just Brought everything full circle. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, full circle of the circle of trust. All right, man. The I'm just on fire today, man. Amazing. Uh, but just that really that I think we can take this and say, God is at work. He's always at work within the universe. His kingdom is within reach, especially now since we have the Holy spirit here and God is working in this. I mean, literally if God's inside of you, then he's absolutely within reach. Right. And so, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to walk in obedience? Are you going to listen to what what um, what the voice of God is telling you? And are you going to walk in obedience? And are you going to, and when you take that, when you turn, when you say, okay, I'm going to head in this direction, are you going to just know that that's going to come with a lot of deception and a lot of lies about who you are and who God is? And so... I think that daily we can really take this into account and to say, all right, God, what are you doing around me? How I can, how can I respond in a way that's pleasing to you? And then however the day transpires, know these things that we're loved and that God identifies us in our family and that he's well pleased with us because we're walking in the likeness of Jesus. Preach it brother. And so, and I just think that that's, (laughs) that's huge and that's crucial. And that's, I mean, 
this is part of what we're doing in discovering Jesus. We're just seeing what happened with Jesus, and we're tr- and we're taking it, we're bringing it to into our life. Because Jesus, when it says he's the firstborn of all creation, it basically means he's the prototype. He's exactly he's the mold in which we're supposed to uh, identify with and try to aspire to become. Uh, and so, I think that this is really this. Is, there's so much to dive into even just these events. And so continue as you're reading through Matthew to observe Jesus and to see what he's going through and to pull that out into your own life. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to get into the um, the Sermon on the Mount this week. So take your time and have fun with that. That's really, really good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guys, so that will wrap us up for today. Uh, first new episode of the new year. So I'll go ahead and pray for us. Uh, pray us out. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, as always, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here together, um, to record this podcast, to have these conversations and learn and grow. Um, as we head into this new year, God, we just ask you to um, to be with us uh, and to help us to recommit to you this year, God. Um, this time of year is always a great time for fresh starts, clean slates. Um, and God, I know that myself, I just pray for, um, for more of a deeper connection with you. Um, and I pray that for all of us here, God, for more of a commitment to you, for more of a um, consistency in my relationship with you, God. So I pray that for everyone out there as well. For everything that we discussed today, God, just give us what we need. Um, and we know that you will. We trust you, Lord. Um, but let us be obedient as we head into this new year. Let us listen more and more to your voice. Let us be more and more connected to you to be able to be tuned in and really hear when you speak. Uh, through your Holy Spirit to us, and um, for us to be obedient um, in insane and crazy ways, God, if that's what you call us to do. Mm-hmm. Give us that faith and give us that trust in you and that desire for more of you and less of this world and what this world tells us about the things that we're following uh, to be obedient to you, God. Um, so, God, we just lift you up and we trust in you. We love you. We thank you for this new year. We thank you for this new opportunity. And in your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, guys, uh, that wraps it up, and um, we will just talk to you guys next week. Uh, I love this opportunity to get to be here. Um, I don't think we talked about this at all, but it is nice to be back with you guys again after a break of a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a little bit of time away always fires me up a little bit more to be in here with you guys. Yeah. Um, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So. Yeah, thanks, guys, for being <laughs> in our circle of trust. We really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, guys, go out there, uh, be Jesus to one another, and... We will talk to you next week.